My name's Andrew Gapeld, and I'm a creative director and artist, and you're listening to the Us People podcast with Saviorus. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Yes People podcast. I'm your host, Savvy Rocks, and today I'm humbled to have Andrew here with me, who is a creative director. Andrew, thank you so much for coming on the Yes People podcast. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to actually have you. I know that I'm going to say it to the, to the listeners, I'm going to let them know that we rescheduled. It's been a hectic week, I'm sure, for both of us. Um, yeah. But it's nice to have you on the show. Absolutely. It's I'm I've listened to several episodes. I think it's a really awesome platform that you've got and I'm, you know, stoked to kind of be a part of it now. Perfect. That's what I like to hear. So I'm gonna jump into our first question and normally I always like to know about our guest first and I think that's one of the best things that our listeners should know about our guest first, especially their background and where they grew up. So Andrew, tell me a little bit about where you grew up where you grew up I should say and what made you turn into the person who you are today? Oh, wow. Uh, super loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I mean, uh, originally born in Oklahoma. Uh, so I'm a Southern boy that, that you know, grew up with, uh, you know, kind of the standard small town mentality. Um, I think Oklahoma as a state, especially back you know, in the eighties and nineties was, uh, eh, you know, maybe a half decade, decade behind the, the rest of the U S as far as, uh, you know, technology and, and just my awareness of what was going on. Um, so originally went to college as a fine arts major. Cool. That was, I was just like, well, that's what I do. I draw and, uh, you know, not necessarily to the most ecstatic joy of my, of my parents, but you know, arts, yay. Um, I'm going to go and draw shit. Um, <laughs> what did and your it parents was... want you to be? Say again? What did your parents want you to be? Did they have some perception in their mind of what they actually wanted you to be? No, not necessarily. I mean, they were, you know, pretty open and free with, you know, kind of us, you know, all the boys pursuing, you know, what we, you know, what our passions were. Yeah. Uh, but my dad being an engineer, oh. you know, I, I've got uh, way too much math beaten into my skull, um, which, which, you know, <laughs> fast forward 20 something years and I realize how beneficial it is because I use it, especially on the, uh, you know, experiential design, industrial design side of things, the amount of, you know, geometry and, and algebra that I do on a regular basis is surprising. Um, but no, I went to college, you know, just kind of pursuing the arts um, and had never really been exposed to the concept of design. You know, this was, this was mid nineties and just had, I hadn't, you know, I, my dad was into computers and so I had, you know, grown up around a computer, but it was not part of, you know, the daily routine. I wasn't doing any, you know, much on it besides, you know, typing up papers. Um, and so my, 
I think my beginning of my sophomore year into my freshman year, I randomly wandered to the other end of the arts building. Uh, and there was this whole design lab uh, down there and this, this uh, you know, whole body of students working on computers. And there was, you know, pictures on the screens. And I was just like, wait, time out. What is this? Um, and just kind of this whole, like, instant exposure to a world that I never knew existed. Um, so I went and talked to the dean and played 20 questions and switched my major and have been knees deep in the design world ever since. And uh, it's been a it's been a kind of a fun, crazy journey. You know, it got me the hell out of Oklahoma. Yep. And, uh, you know, I've lived East Coast and West Coast and everywhere in between. And uh, it's it's a roller coaster ride most days, but. I wouldn't trade it. Yep. It's an absolute blast. I love when people say that to me. When they wouldn't change it for for anything because that's when you know you're doing the right thing for yourself. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Andrew, you're the advisory board for two of the designs, two different design schools. Do you want to tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, for me on a personal level, mm-hmm. um, giving back uh, is a is a really important piece of, of what we do as creatives because every one of us, myself specifically, had very influential people that helped me early in my career. You know, there was very significant moments, uh, you know, in my early days where individuals went out of their way to invest in me and put time into me, to, you know, and that, you know, massively impacted my trajectory and my success level. Um, and so pretty much since then, um, I have been highly involved with different schools and different organizations um, across the country to, you know, make sure that I am making myself available and doing portfolio reviews and sitting down one-on-one with students and young professionals to give them that same sort of candid uh, helpful feedback that I received. Um, so, you know, I'm on two different boards, uh, one from a design perspective, another one from a pure illustration perspective. Um, but then in addition to that, um, you know, uh, have pretty much a, a, a virtual open door policy with uh, the design school that uh, I went to and a lot of those old professors and they send me, you know, students at least once a month Oh wow! that, uh, you know, are looking to, you know, get feedback and whether they're just about to graduate or have been out in the industry for a little bit and aren't seeing the success that they hope to see. Um, I'm working with a guy right now that I think has been graduated for about a year or so and just isn't, you know, he's not seeing the opportunities and that he's wanting and so we've spent a handful of phone conversations and emails back and forth kind of dissecting his portfolio and really trying to help him tailor it to the direction he's wanting to go with his career yeah um so it's i mean for me it's super fun to you know be able to take that time and give back and and have those conversations and remember what it was like to be in their shoes and you know and have have the people that were massively influential on, on my career. Do you think that if you didn't have these influential people 
um, backing you when you were younger, do you think that you would have turned out to be the same person who you are today? Not a chance. I like that. I like the truth. Yeah. One specific uh, person uh, without his inner, basically intervention and brutal, brutal honesty. Mm. Um, I don't know if I would have even made it into the industry. Wow. Let alone seen the success that I've had. That's amazing. That's amazing so, within itself. Yeah, I definitely owe him my career. I can see that. I tell, I tell yeah. him that every once in a while. <laughs> what does he say he to he you? Didn't, he doesn't need a, too big of a head. <laughs> but, no, he's oh. awesome. He's, he's uh, you know, I've probably known him since I was, I don't even know, fifth or sixth grade. Yeah. And he was just one of those family friends and uh, that had, had seen success and had, uh, you know, started his own agency and, and uh, I didn't want to listen to him in my younger years and yeah. kind of ignored a lot of his advice and then failed absolutely as hard as I possibly could and kind of went back <laughs> to him on bended knee and groveling and saying, okay, I hear you now, please help. And what did he say? And um, I mean, he basically said, uh, scrap everything and start over, Okay, you know, or, you know, erase what you think you should be doing, uh, erase your perceptions of creativity and design. Cause you've got it all wrong. Okay. Um, and so it was, a, it was a pretty hefty reset. Um, and ended up at that point, this was very early on in my career. I ended up going back to a different school and got a wow. second degree. Um, because it ended up just that the, the first series of education that I had had, uh, was not necessarily, uh, setting me on the right path. Um, and so I had a lot of, uh, skewed, uh, perceptions of what I should or should not be doing. So it was, uh, no, it was, uh, you know, one of those just absolutely crucial moments that, you know, I look back on all the time as, you know, without that, I have no earthly idea where I'd be. Wow. It's amazing to think that one person can help change your life so much. And if you don't have that person in your life, you don't know where your life may turn. Right. This is, yeah. is, yeah, it's, it's quite, um, um, especially with everything that's going on today. I think people need more guidance in their life. Oh yeah. I mean, we're all in this shit together, you know? And, and it's a, no one has the perfect answer. No one has the, the right path, but everyone's kind of on their own journey and they've learned different things along the way. So the more that we can communicate with one another and collaborate with, with one another and have that honest and um, constructive dialogue, um, you know, I think we all get better through the process because every single time that I have you know, these interactions, you know, I learned something as well. Yeah. And I become, you know, a, a different and better version of myself. Which is what we should be all after. Every day. Yeah. What's the one thing one of the students have said to you that you will always remember? Hmm. That's a wonderful question. I, 
I'm not sure if I have a specific thing, uh, but I do have one one student that you know we started working together on his book years and years ago, and then you fast forward, I don't know, three four years, mm-hmm. and I ended up hiring him. Wow! And we worked together for a bit, and then uh, you know fast forward another few years beyond that and he's on it on at other jobs and he's turned around and hired me oh wow <laughs> so you Return know it's uh, having that kind of of uh you know trajectory and seeing how you know everything's connected is has been pretty cool and and it's and it's fun and i think that's i mean that's what it's all about and that's why you've got to always be kind to the people that you work with and network and because you never know when that that next opportunity is going to come around the corner and you know um it's a you know we talked earlier about the um you know separation between personal and professional and and just that you know, I think as long as, as long as you can keep that separation, you can keep those person, the personal side of the relationship intact. Um, and I've even, I mean, I've continued to work with people that I've fired, you know, because we, we had good, we had a good personal relationship. And so even though I fired them from the agency at the time, you know, they weren't working out, they weren't the right person I needed on the team. Um, it wasn't a, a personal attack on them and we were still remained connected and close. And, you know, a couple of them have gone on to a really amazing careers and turned around and, and hired me for stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's all about that, that, uh, human connection. Full circle. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Thank you so much, Andrew, for telling me this as well today I appreciate it what inspires you to stay in the industry what makes you wake up in the morning and say I'm in the right place um I mean for me I think I've been very blessed to you know through my journey uh been in situations pretty consistently where I never got bored you know so I wasn't always working on the same clients I wasn't always doing the same type of design and you know, in our industry, it's something that you can easily get pigeonholed into. I just do this one thing, or I just work on this one brand, um, which for me and the way I'm wired would have never ended well. Um, you know, the the monotony and boredom would have kicked in pretty hard. Um, but for, you know, based on all the places I've worked and the different opportunities I've had, you know, I've you know, on a regular daily basis have always been able to switch from like one project to the next and use different parts of my brain and different skill sets, you know, whether I'm working on an illustration or I'm sitting down and I'm writing up, you know, the, you know, the the entire concept and strategy behind a campaign, or I'm working on, um, you know, physical three-dimensional things that we're actually going to go physically build or packaging. Like, it's just... I have the ability to just shift. And so it's like, if I get stuck in, you know, a rut on one project, I have the ability to be like, all right, cool. I'm going to put that on pause. I'm going to go up here and work on this now, engage a different part of my brain. And so because of that freedom, um, it's always a new adventure. 
it's always exciting. Yeah, I agree with that one. How do you turn your ideas into projects? So depending on the project, I know it all depends on the client as well and depending mm-hmm. on what they're after. But if you can go through one particular project that you had, how do you go from the client coming to you to you getting the idea to you turning that idea into something creative and tangible where the client will be like, this is amazing. How does it all work? Uh, so this is where I definitely tap into, you know, both sides of the brain uh, for me. Um, and so a lot of, a lot of my bigger projects, I've been doing a lot of packaging recently with a, with a couple local breweries here and, you know, trying to get them to articulate what they want is always the challenge. Um, and so over the years I've kind of developed, uh, a pretty intense kind of questionnaire process to try and help pull out information from the clients and get them to think about things differently and, and form questions in a way that makes them think about whatever the product or project is in a, in a completely different and obtuse way so that they're not necessarily thinking about it logically they're they're going to be a little bit more reactionary as you get more of that gut reaction that true honest opinion yeah and once i can kind of boil that down from them then i can you know i really see what they're trying to get at and from there it's um just the whole process starting from pencil sketches all the way up through the final piece of art and just being super collaborative with the client through the process and and trying to you know left turn right turn wherever we need to in order to make sure that we're on the same page at all times yeah and that they're super excited about the the end result because that's that's the goal like yeah that's true that, you know art yeah. is, art is beautiful art but unless the client is excited about it then you didn't actually achieve the the result you're going for yeah, the ultimate you know goal. you didn't you didn't earn your paycheck yeah you know that's our job as designers and creators and that's honestly the difference that a lot of kids that i've dealt with over the years have a have a hard time separating is that that difference between artist and designer or artist and illustrator because as an artist do whatever you want yeah. You're just creating art. It's for you. It's personal. You know, it's a personal expression and it's awesome. And I think we all need to have that outlet. But if you're doing it as a job and someone's paying you, you got to kind of take your personal it becomes piece a out of it. Yeah. And, rem- and remove that, you know, your, your personal opinions, your personal outlook on life, your, your personal taste, like all that needs to kind of take, take a back seat and really deliver on what the client wants because you know they have their own opinions they have their own aesthetic they have their own brand that you need to ladder up to and that might not necessarily align with your personal taste but that's our job as designers yeah and so always trying to keep that separate is something that i know a lot of young creatives really struggle with yeah most definitely that's most definitely i've heard that before myself for people who don't understand what you do I know we spoke about briefly so far about what you do, but if you were to break down what you do, Andrew, just so people can understand it, the listeners can understand what you do as a designer, could you break it down for us? Just so people that can understand exactly what you do as a process and as a business. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, you know, as you said earlier, it varies drastically depending on the project and the client. Um, You know, some clients really want to be highly involved. And so then the process becomes way more linear and it's just, you know, step one, step two, step three, where in other clients, you know, it's kind of like, hey, we like your work. We like this style, like you do you, you know, create stuff. And they just kind of step back and let the process happen. Um, and then there's everyone else in between, but, uh, you know, it's, you know, for me and the reason that I, uh, you know, I, I refer to myself and my, and my business as visual storytelling, um, because that's, that's been the, the easiest way for me to express what I'm doing. Um, you know, every, every brand, every product, every company has a story that they want to tell. They have a story that they want their consumers to understand. Um, And the easiest way to do that is through visuals. That's the easiest way, you know, break down all language barriers, break down any, any sort of interpretation. You know, if you can break down your truth and the core of, of what you stand for into, uh, you know, a, a visual representation, then it doesn't matter who you're talking to. It doesn't matter the age of the consumer. It doesn't matter the language because pictures, visuals are very easy to understand. That's true. Um, So for me, the, the idea of, you know, telling that, uh, telling a story through pictures and through some sort of visual outcome, whether that be an illustration or a, you know, a physical structure, building, car, Etc. Um, you know those those are all you know visual manifestations of of the story that needs to be told. And so if I you know I you know take that challenge, and sometimes it can be very difficult. You know sometimes it's a very convoluted or or, or you know very detailed story that needs to be told. And it's like, all right, how do we simplify that? How do we break it down into this idea of of a story? What are those key pinnacle moments what are those what are those um you know just uh deciding factors in the storyline that you know make the make the main character you know do what they do well if you can you know i've always looked at that that idea of a story and idea of a character is as that brand or that company i'm working for and so um it just it's it for me and the way my brain works it was just an easier way for me to look at the overall objective and so, you know, back to your main question on a daily basis, like, it can manifest in a myriad of different ways yeah. from, you know, as far as the process, but it's the, the whole idea of just visually creating something that fully tells the story of, of the client, you know, and they've always said, you know, a picture's worth a thousand words. That's true. Um, the words right but you have to, mouth. but you have to make sure that those thousand words are the right words. Yep, <laughs> I agree with you there. <laughs> you know, because you can you can easily say the wrong thing with just you know a slightly off visual. Yeah, you know, just a just a little bit you know to the left or the right, and it can be interpreted in a completely incorrect way. Yeah, and so you got to yeah. you know we as creators and and storytellers and designers 
you know, have to work very hard at making sure that what we're putting out there for our clients is truly representing them and their brand and their product the proper way. Yeah. Not just make it look cool. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's definitely true. When did you get your first break in the industry? Do you remember your first project that you ever done? And how did that help you as an individual to gain confidence to continue to do what you're doing? Oh, man. So I've definitely kind of came through the industry in a very slow process. Um, you know, I started out, you know, when I first discovered uh, this, this whole idea of design um, uh, became a pressman's apprentice. And so I started on the production ah. side and was working in a print house, learning to burn plates and do separations oh, and cool. physically run the press to, to print out books and magazines and stuff like this. So I got to see my future career yeah. from kind of the end product, um, which was a, you know, a pretty unique way to kind of come into the industry. And I did that for a few years and then coming out of college, you know, getting into my first, you know, junior designer role at a, you know, a little small shop. And it's, just, and it's just kind of been like one step to the next, to the next. So I don't know if there was necessarily a, a big break, yeah. for, you know, for sure. Um, you know, just every, you know, every step of the process, every new job that I took on, uh, every different agency that I went to was just kind of that next milestone of, yeah. you know, it's like a process. Is it kind it of like is. a process? It's very step by much step. a process. And some people have have that same process quickly. Yep. You know, and they they just happen to be at the right place and work under the right person, get the right opportunity, you know, and yeah. and you know, who you know and and the network you keep is such a vital piece Definitely of our industry. Is. Yep. <laughs> and people don't necessarily fully realize that all the time, but I mean you know, the, the connections and the people that, that you work with or work for, you know, if you leave the right impression on them, that can come back tenfold down the road. Um, so some people's journeys, you know, I've seen people just, you know, take a rocket ship, you know, to the top and, you know, within a very small amount of time, be highly successful and, and, uh, you know, world renowned name and things like that. And it all just came to be uh, just where the milestones that they hit jumped them further and further in the process and other people it's baby steps, you know, but as long as you embrace where you are in that journey and you realize that your journey is your journey, that's the easiest way to be content. Cause I can always look around at all these other designers and illustrators that I admire and, you know, be very jealous of. Why but, would you say you're jealous? Why would you say je the word jealous rather than uh, the word you have admiration for them or you admire them? No, that's a, that's a you know, good question. Cause I think they're, you know, and I, and I view people differently. You know, there's a ton of people that I do admire and, yeah. And I'm always inspired by their work. And, but then there is, a, you know, a smaller group that if I'm honest with myself, that I'm jealous of. 
um, and and a jealousy, and it it has nothing to do with ability, has yeah. nothing to do with whether I'm good enough or not. It it, it comes down to those breaks, yeah. you know. And uh, but if you get lost in that, you can you can easily destroy your own self confidence. That's true. You, can, you know, you can sit there and wallow in, in self pity and oh, what was me or why you know why didn't I get not worth it you but, know? Didn't you, but didn't you say Andrew to me um but life is a journey it's a beautiful journey regardless of our yeah. obstacles that we go on to so for me I don't necessarily see you as a person who would be jealous I think you maybe see it as it's just they're there now but I will get there I think f- for me just as a personal view we all get to the same destination just in different times I, I would, I mean, I would agree. I think, you know, I, I, I try and be honest with myself and, yeah. you know, in general, no, like I'm head down doing my work on a daily basis um, with very little kind of acknowledgement or realization of what's happening. Cause I'm, I'm doing me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there are those times where, you know, I've got a slow day and I'm, perusing Instagram or look, you know, looking at different, you know, different sites that I go to for inspiration. And, and, you know, if I'm, if I'm honest with myself, there are those moments where I'm just like, oh man, like that should be me. Yeah. Um, I understand it. And so I have to be honest and say that happens, but I also am the person that's going to be like, but that's not a, that's not a positive way to look at it. And I can't go down that rabbit hole. Because that's just, that's a spiral that's not going to be positive in any way, shape, or form. So it's kind of like, all right, cool. I acknowledge it. Have that little moment. Drink a beer. Go back to work. (laughs) But the one thing I do admire you for is the fact that you're honest with yourself. And I think a lot of people who are creative do have a tendency to deny things within themselves and I think that's what holds them back whereas you've just said to me yes I do get jealous yes I do have down days but I evolve from that and I say you know what it's a down day today tomorrow will be a better day right whereas a lot of people don't have that so that's what I admire about you just saying that within the question I've just asked but I will say that took you know uh, several decades to get to yeah <laughs> no, no, that's fair enough no i totally understand it <laughs> what is the funniest question a client has ever asked you oh interesting that means you think clients ask questions well, well. <laughs> clients usually just tell you yeah that's true no, no they don't just tell you i think they demand I think that's right. a better one. Just do this. Just do it. Like this. And I want it by this date and mm-hmm. this time. Yeah. I yeah. Know. And if you would and if you would let me just sit here and, and watch you do it and tell you when, how you do it wrong. Yeah. I look great. at you and intimidate you. And yeah. And then I'll say it's not worth the price. So I'll try and bid you down. Yeah, I know. Well, it's never worth the price to them. But no, I mean I've had I mean, I've, you know, the, the exciting part about the trajectory I've had and, and the different career choices I've made is that, you know, I've seen, I've seen the spectrum, you know, from the, you know, multi-billion, you know, billion dollar companies mm-hmm. with major marketing budgets and, and seeing how those clients handle situations and how they think about things versus your small mom and pop 
you know, business that has $20 to rub together, um, you know, and how they think about it. And it's, and what's kind of crazy is that, you know, you see both extremes in both situations. Sometimes the people with the smallest amount of money are the ones willing to take the biggest leap, but not always, you know, and vice versa. You know, I've seen people, um, you know, brand managers and, and stuff of, of, you know, major corporations that, um, you know, have all the power behind them and have the, the budgets that are, that are timid and scared and don't want to do, do the next thing that it's very obvious right in front of them that they need to do. Um, and then I've worked with just some amazing people that had visions and we're just like, no, this is what we're going to do. Like, we're going to take that leap, you know, and those have been exciting rides to be a part of and, and to, you know, do those projects. So it's, it's, you know, I love, I love seeing kind of the full gamut of our industry and the different types of clients, because there are the same personality types, whether they're part of a giant company or whether they're part of a really small startup, you know, you've got your people that are going to be the trailblazers and they're going to be the ones that are going to go out there and they're going to take the chances. And sometimes they work out, sometimes they fail miserably, but you know, it's that ability to take a chance and the, and the willingness to take a chance. Uh, and if you're there as a creative to be a part of that process of, of creating whatever that next step is, whether that be in building a product, or reimagining a brand or what have you like it's it's a very exciting thing to be a part of because of that there's a a bit of freedom that comes from it because they're not second guessing everything they're not um you know trying to dot every i and cross all the t's and make sure that this form's filled out and that you know they're just like no like this is what we're going to do let's just go do it and however we got to do you know whatever we got to do to get there and that's awesome um, but there's also some really fun, this is where the left brain side of me kicks, kicks in. There's some, a lot of satisfaction in very thought out, methodical, strategic decisions of, so that's you your know, business and, side. Yeah. And so it's, you know, that it's that, that, that stepping stone aspect of building a brand of, you know, we go from this step to this step to this step. and you know, we get to this milestone and then that allows us to do that. You know, there's, you know, so many businesses, that's how they have been built. And it's a very successful and tried and true model. Um, and so that's, you know, the left side of my brain gets excited about that, that methodology and that like rhythmic aspect of step one, step two, step three. And then it's the it's the other side that gets super excited about the chaos and just like ah oh, fuck it let's just do whatever. <laughs> That's me most of the time. But <laughs> talk talk to me about software as a designer uh, and anybody who wants to go into designing and branding. Talk to me about software. What do you need? What are, what are the the basic things you need rather than the more experienced things you need? What do you need to get into uh, this type of industry? So my honest answer is that you don't, there's nothing you need. Okay. Is want, is um, it more want? Well, there, I mean, there are, there are certain, you know, depending on the client and when the what you're working on, there's going to be certain 
file formats that you're going to be required to produce. But I think that a lot of people get very hung up on, on software and then software becomes their crutch. Okay. And so to me as a designer, you know, our job is to solve a problem and a very large percentage of that problem can be solved with a pencil and a piece of paper and just thinking through it, you know, and then once you've solved it, yeah, sure. If they need it in a certain format, then of course, software is going to be mandatory. You have to, you know, it's like if, if someone needs a vector graphic, you've got to open up illustrator and create that vector graphic. But, but by leaning on software, I've seen so many young designers and so many students that be like, all right, cool. I've got the, the assignment open illustrator. And then they stared at, at a blank page on their computer screen and go, now what? Yep. And they're relying on that software as being the, the part of the solution. And I'm like, no, no, no. The software is a tool. Yes. If you don't have the solution figured out before you pick up the tool, then what, then what do you create? What are you creating? You know, yep. it's like, you got to have a plan before you build a house. Yeah. There's, there's tools that are required in that process of building it, but you yep. can't just show up at a job site with a truck full of saws and hammers and nail guns and no plan and think that the end result's gonna be good that's where your that's where your other side of your brain is coming in yeah 100%. he's like yep he's like yep so tell me a little bit about how do you feel about design will evolve in the future and how do you feel it that evolves every day aha uh -huh, that's what i like <laughs> i like the answer but how do you feel that it will evolve even more in the future but how do you feel that you will be a part of that involvement Oh man, it is, it's crazy because as you know, at the, at the stage I am in life and, and the age I'm at, I came up at a, at a much more um, analog scenario. Hence why I say solve it with pencil and paper. Um, you know, so I'm always constantly blown away by the advancement of technology yes. and, and, you know, the, the last agency that I was at, you know, one of the coolest things was learning from the young kids, you know, that would come in because they knew all the newest tricks. They knew all the, the latest innovations, even within the software that, that, you know, I use every day, the software itself is evolving with, you know, constant constant upgrades but then you go outside of the core you know package of stuff that we normally use and there's always there's all this this continual evolvement of you know especially once you get in the digital world which is beyond my realm of comprehension i mean the with with technology and vr and ar and all of and oh, you yeah. know robotics and all of this stuff like everything is constantly changing um and i think people can get hung up on you know the the newest shiniest thing yes um you know so i've especially probably over this last decade i've you know i try and stay as up to date as i can with at least knowing what's out there and what the next possibility could be 
Um, but I don't go down the rabbit hole of trying to learn how it works or trying to, um, you know, incorporate that into, you know, what I am doing, because if you, if you boil it all back down to, you know, what our jobs are as designers, it's solving problems. If the, if the, if the solution for the client's problem needs, needs technology, Absolutely. But it, it, you know, but it's just another tool set, you know, so you got to have that. You got to know what story you're going to tell. You got to, you got to have the solution kind of figured out and then you figure out how that solution gets manifested. Um, so I think that's, you know, at least for, you know, people, you know, my age and, and older, the, the network and surrounding of, of a whole bunch of other people, is, is kind of vital to, to that process because it's impossible for me to, as an individual to stay up on everything of technology and be a master at all these different things of software. It's like, okay, no, like I have the vision. I might have the story. All right, cool. The client's bought off on that. Now I'm going to bring in this guy from over here or this developer from over here and empower them to bring that vision to life. So I think you always have to be aware of that technology. You have to be aware of the constant evolution of our industry, but don't get lost in the fact that you need to be a master of it all because then you're, I mean, that's a, that's something you'll never achieve. I don't care how much time and effort you put into it every day. It's impossible to like, have a have a full operational understanding of all of the different things that happen and that are available out there for us to use so it's like find your core find the core of what you're good at so would you say to people find their niche of what they're good at so if i was to ask you andrew for instance what do you think your niche is as a designer what would you say to me oh um I mean, it is visual design. Um, It is illustration packaging. It is making physically making the, the pretty picture Um, that, you know, that is definitely from my, just a core skill set. That's where I know that I can flex the most muscle. Um, But in that, in the, you know, in the journey of, of doing that, I'm constantly having to, expand and use others you know i've the amount of writing that i've done over the last couple of years you know i probably spent 40 plus percent of my time in the last two years just writing which before two years ago was not a thing that i really did yeah um but it was a nece- you know a, a necessary tool to add into my system in order to get the jobs that I was going after. Okay. That makes sense. Um, you know, so what I will never ever consider myself a writer. That's not that's not a skill set that I'm going to go out there and market. Um, but it is something that I had it is something that I had to learn and hone in order to be able to, you know, be a more marketable person to clients and to agencies and stuff like that is rounding out because as, as just a visual designer, if all you're going to do is make the coolest looking shit possible, 
that's great, but there's a in the industry in the agency world there's a ceiling there's a there's for for that position so until you widen your viewpoint of creativity and and how you look at that and and start flexing different muscles and and building a little bit bigger um you know utility belt of 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 tools you you know you're going to be limited in in what you can do and who's going to hire you and so yeah if i could spend every day all day just drawing and just doing illustrations and murals and packaging that would be the greatest thing in the world you know i would be fun it'd be easy i'd be super content um maybe for a while i might get bored um but it would be it's you know it's a very easy thing for me to do whereas the constantly challenging of all right well now i'm going to go and try this yeah and then that opens up more opportunity and so yeah it might not be what i want to do like i don't want to write writing is very difficult it's a very painful process for me to go through but i've got a handful of clients now that that that's all they come to me for they're like we like your tone of voice we like the the way you tell stories we like the way you write things and so we want you to do it and i'm like yeah. i'm the least efficient writer you could ever hire but they you know, see potential within you so I right. think that's what it is right and so but that wouldn't have ever happened if i hadn't have decided all right i need to add this to my to my skill set um so i think you have to as as creatives as designers we have to find our our core competency and what we're just masters at and constantly just be badasses at doing that thing but then realize that around that nucleus of awesomeness we have to build layers and and have little things that kind of stretch us and and grow what we do uh, in order to attract different clients in order to get bigger projects get bigger paydays advance within your organization at the agency you're at because no matter what you're doing there's always going to be a ceiling until you stretch to go to the next level that's true so you have to basically come at your comfort zone to be able to Daily. achieve all this yeah to able to achieve all these things so that's definitely one of them what has been one of the most empowering projects that you have ever worked on that personally made a difference in your life oh wow um, I've got two that come to mind. Okay, go for uh, it. For different, completely different reasons. Um, one was uh, a product launch, probably five years ago. Um, and I think it it gave me the opportunity to look at it. In a, in a more robust manner. And so because of the role I was playing and, and the involvement that I had, I was working on packaging, design, branding, promotion, mark the, the actual marketing campaign, the TV commercial, like the whole thing. So all of a sudden this, I got to see this one project from kind of inception through full completion and, and touched in some way, shape or form 
every single touch point that there was. And so that one was, I think, A, really satisfying, but B, was one that stretched me because there was a lot of things I hadn't done before that just I had to just, all right, cool, I'm going to figure out my role in this now and come into it very humbly and, you know, know that there's other people that know more about this avenue of, of, you know, this, this tactical touch point that we were working on within the program, whether that be the social media or the digital um, or the TV, like, it was just like a cool, like, I definitely want to be involved and I'm here to kind of help that vision come to life and keep the, the, you know, visual continuity and creative storytelling going, but this is not my area of expertise. So, you know, it was, it was a really cool learning experience all through one project. Um, so that one was um, dynamic uh, and very impactful and in, to me and how I looked at work. And then the the other one that really resonates was actually the one of the last projects I did uh, before leaving this last my last agency. And it was a ginormous packaging project with probably about 35 artists involved. And I was the the person that, you know, went out and got all the artists and was, you know, was the creative director on the project, but then individually working with these artists to work through their designs and their illustrations while still holding a holistic vision and kind of aesthetic that needed to be achieved um, with 35 plus different artists working on it and all coming into, you know, a a final product that made sense holistically. So that one was one of the more challenging ones that I've done. um, But it was also one of the most rewarding ones because the final project was, you know, product was so strong. Um, And then just the, the ability to bring in the different artists and, you know, some artists that, that I worked with on it were established artists that, had careers and you know I had to you know potentially twist their arm to work on it because we weren't necessarily paying the rate that they would normally ask for yeah. but yeah. you know because of my relationship with them or or what have you was able to bring them in but then the other you know kind of the other end of that spectrum was bringing in completely unknown artists that hadn't gotten a break yet that were still you know struggling in in whatever little town they were in trying to make it and i found their work and i'm like i saw the potential and then to call them up and ask them to be a part of the project and see them get so excited that this big brand was going to allow them to put their artwork on their packaging was you know a really really rewarding thing to be a part of oh whoa (laughs) what would you say is the best advice you have ever received Get out of your own way. I like that. Straight to the point. Yeah. I mean, we, I think we as creatives can easily overanalyze and second guess and, you know, get, get down on ourselves and not think we're good enough or not think that whatever the project is that we're currently working on is, you know, the greatest thing. Um, and because of that, 
the positive of that is that we're always pushing ourselves to be better. Yes. Uh, but the negatives, you know, part of it is that it sometimes cripples the creative process a little bit. And it kind of goes back to that, the thing I said earlier about the separation between being an artist and being a designer. As an artist and as a self-expression, you can sit and redo a painting and redo a painting and redo it until it's quote unquote perfect in your eyes. But as designers, we have objectives from the client that we need to meet. And it's walking that fine line of like, all right, I want it to be better, but based on what they're paying me, based on the timeline that I have, what have you, like, and their expectations. Like, I would say good designers always have higher expectations than the clients do. And so you always want to push yourself to do better, but also having a very, you know, much awareness of what they're asking for, what, when the deliverable is due, what the budget is, et cetera, because I don't care how great it is. If you miss the deadline, you failed. If you go over budget, you fail, you know? So, um, but I think a large percentage of that does come down to us just getting in our own way. What would you say, define what success means to you? What does success mean? Because I know everyone's got a different definition of success. And this is one of the questions I literally ask everyone. Mm -hmm. Because we all have different definitions of what success is. But Andrew, I really want to know, what does it mean to you as an individual? Um, what I'm today's answer is different than two years Tomorrow's. ago. Yeah, possibly. Um, but uh, for me, in this stage of life, um, success is being able to utilize my skills, yeah, to earn a living, to take care of my family, yeah, while still having time to enjoy my family. Yeah, that's a good answer. I like that one. Most definitely. If you know, cause, was... Well, because two years ago or before, yeah. you know, up until about two years ago, the first half of the answer would have been the same. Okay. And the second but, half? But the, but the time to spend with my family wasn't, wasn't part of the equation. You know, right. my, my, well, my focus was I need to provide, I need to provide, I need to provide. And so I was chasing the next thing, you know, working... 18, 20, 22 hour days every day, just hustle, 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 uh, which at the time caught in the midst of it was a, was an amazing ride to be on. I was having a blast and I was chasing some amazing opportunities and doing killer work. But then, you know, you, you look up and you go, Oh, I haven't seen my kids in 10 years. Yeah. Is this really worth it? is this is this success yeah you know and from a pure career standpoint maybe but from a family and relationship parenthood standpoint i was failing miserably because those are memories you can't get back mm -mm. no no so from that from that moment on for the last couple of years it has been how do i do what i need to do mm -hmm you know, use the ability that I've, that I've been given and, and the skill set that I've developed, but 
don't necessarily chase I don't chase the dragon anymore, I guess, is the easiest way to put it. <laughs> um, you know, there's opportunities that pop up that I get excited about and I go after. But uh, I, I'm very cog- you know, cognizant and conscious of, all right, cool, this is going to be a two-week grind. Yes. And then, and then I'm going to chill. You know, and it's not, it's not the constant just, you know, absent father, absent husband scenario that it was. Um, so it's been a big, a big shift in what I view as success. I can see that in you, most definitely. If there was a huge banner on the wall and I had a black pen and I gave you the black pen, Andrew, what would you write on that banner? Ooh. He's, he's thinking, guys, he's thinking. That's a from a pure career standpoint. It could be from any standpoint, whatever resonates with right. you as a person. Um, well, the only reason I'm saying from a pure career standpoint is because it <laughs> somewhat contradicts what I just said. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, but from a pure creativity and, and, and career standpoint, yeah, the 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 phrase "never fucking settle." Yeah. If I saw that on a banner, I would take heed of it. Yeah. I mean, because we can, we can always, we can always do more. We can always push ourselves further. We can always take it to the next level, you know, and and we always need to strive for that. But going back to, back to the balance of family, going back to understanding client needs, like you've got, you do have to balance that with what are, what are the objectives? Because yeah we can we can push ourselves to the next level pretty much forever yeah and so where's the cutoff i think it's finding that yeah it's finding that balance of where you do need to call off do you find that as you get older you decide that it's not worth it as much compared to when you were younger you were chasing 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 oh yeah absolutely um and I don't know if that is, is, I mean, I know age and maturity plays a factor for sure. Um, I think having other people that that I'm responsible for, that I live for, yeah. is a, a big factor in that. Um, you know, because if, if I was at my age and still single with no kids, I would probably still be grinding it out. 80, 90 hours a week, just go, go, go. Um, Cause that's just how I'm wired and I love it and I'm yeah. passionate about it. Um, but putting, putting it in perspective and really uh, balancing and weighing what's actually important yeah. and where your priorities, where my priorities need to be changes up the landscape. Most definitely. So we've spoken about what you would write on a banner. We've spoken about success. We've spoken about good advice that you would receive. So another question is, if you had all the money in the world, so if you had an unlimited budget of money, no matter how much you made, you always made 10 times more. What would you change in your industry to make it better for people to come into? Mm. 
I think two things. I think one, you know, since money's not an object, mm-hmm. making sure that the the team, uh, you know, agency to agency, team to team, is properly staffed so that people are not continually being overworked. Okay. Um, I think that is a, a big big hurdle and issue in our industry that that I don't know will ever go away sadly it's it kind of always has and probably always will um, but I also think it used to be one of those things that back in the day you would you know spend the first few years of the agency life doing that and kind of yeah. you know putting in your time and proving yourself and then you reached a certain level where it's kind of like, all right, cool, I've arrived. And now I don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. But it's not that way anymore. It's pretty much no matter where you are on the on the ladder, you're just yeah. stri- you know, just struggling away, burning it at both ends 24-7, just because the I mean, we've created our own monster, but the, that is the industry that does the, the landscape of the industry as now. And because it's so competitive, you can't really ever sit back and relax. Yeah. So I think that, I think that, and then the other one I think is just um, the, the, the pay discrepancy from junior to executive, um, you know, the core, the core people that do the work, every single day the ones that are actually building the products the ones that are that are physically creating what's being sold are so underpaid yeah oh i know (laughs) i know it's so crazy and it's the ones with the power that reap the reward Mm -hmm. as i say yeah i know what is the one incident in your life that has made you reevaluate your creativity. So has something happened in your life that has made you change the way you think about being creative? Hmm. Um, I mean, from a pure process standpoint, yeah. um, I think it's been a uh, ever evolving, you know, scenario from, you know, my early days of, looking at it from a very, you know, very, very narrow lens, um, you know, and just growing over the different jobs I've had, the different bosses I've worked for and all the different people I've learned from. And so I think it's been a very much an evolution of that process and it's going to continue to evolve um, from a pure life style and the way I approach work it's, it will, I'll go back to just the, the realization of priorities and, and realizing that I was prioritizing the wrong things, not that they were necessarily bad things. And I was being very successful and I was very good at what I did. Um, but realizing that I could still be just as good with less effort yeah. If I intent, if I was intentional about it. Was you happy as well though, Andrew? Was you when you got to where you wanted to get to, was you happy being there? Um, from a 
pure career standpoint, absolutely. Okay. And what about a family standpoint? Oh, I was, no, I was, I was failed miserably. I had, I had massively ignored and neglected that part of my life. So, no. Which is where the big, where is where the big shift came from? Yeah. No, that makes sense to me. Was there ever a point in your career where you wanted to stop doing what you wanted to do? No, no, I yeah, love it. I like that. No, Every I like, day, I love that. Absolutely, <laughs> the free the freedom to create and to bring things to life and to see clients excited about the product. Like, no, I would never trade that. It's so much. I fun. love that. See, that's when I know you're doing the right thing. <laughs> so. If you could choose one quote that represents you as a as a person, what quote would you choose, and why would you choose that particular quote? Hmm. That's a hard one. Um, I don't know if I've. I don't know if I've got an answer for that one because I think it's it's so so reliant on the situation or what I'm talking about. Um, I mean, going back to your banner situation, I mean, never fucking settle is one that that I love from just a pure creativity standpoint. Um, but from a well, pure pure lifestyle standpoint. Uh, yeah. I have, uh, my, my daily reminder is, uh, I've got it written up the side of my arm is just patience. Oh, I've never heard someone say that before. Just because I I'm, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I like the honesty. <laughs> what, what makes you not patient? Why are you not patient? What is it? <clears throat> Within the patience that you're like, no, oh, screw this. I don't want to be. Um, I think for me, especially on especially on the on the work side of things, is um, I don't like to wait around for people to get to where I'm already at. Uh, and so, whether that be, and so what I mean by that is, like, if we're in, if we're working on a problem, I'm working on a client brief, trying to trying to solve something, and then I solve it. And then I'm waiting for everyone to play catch up. Um, or I've explained it three times and you still don't get it. Um, so I get very, I can get very stressed because my mind is goes 300 miles an hour. I'm always like five, six steps ahead of wherever I'm currently at. Um, and so the ability to have to stop and like go backwards uh, absolutely infuriates me. Um, but I realize that that's a necessary part of what we have to do and, 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 you know, and, and whether that be bringing a colleague along and so that they're up to speed so that they can bring in their expertise to make it better or bringing the client up to speed so they understand that we're doing X and Y in order to achieve, you know, these objectives, um, like we have to do that and we have to be good at doing that. Like that's, you know, as a, as creatives, we don't necessarily think about the, the, um, personal relationships and the client service side of our industry. 
Um, and especially if you're in the agency setting and you don't necessarily have to have that interface with yeah. the client because you've got an entire account team to do that for you. Um, you take that part of, of, of what we do and what our industry does for granted. And so um, it can be very easy to be impatient and to get frustrated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized that about myself years ago and it's, I struggle with it every day. So it's tattooed up my arm. So I see it every time I look down at my drawing hand. Hey, I think you've just been honest with yourself and you just decided to put it there just to remind you that that is there. So I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. I think if you're not in denial about anything about yourself, I think you're on the right step forward with anything in your life. No, yeah, we all do. (laughs) We definitely all do. Most definitely. What makes you different from other designers? Oh, man. Um... I think I think every every designer is is different because we all have a different past. And I think yes. as designers and as creatives, our point of view and our our the way we approach a creative outlet is always going to be influenced by our own upbringing, our you know our social and and psychological outlook. Uh, any any potential you know negative or trauma or all of that feeds into our own worldview and our personal outlook and that I think is what makes every one of us different and that's what makes some designers and illustrators so powerful is because they're pulling from that that core of their soul that really is an output of their of their viewpoint. I like that, most definitely. If a client is unhappy with a project that you've done for them and you've put all your hard hours, you so say you're putting those 90 hours for them, but they're still unhappy with a project, what would you do to rectify the situation? Um, well, first I need to, you got to figure out what, why they're right. unhappy. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, the easiest thing is I'm, you know, the the project didn't deliver on the brief i didn't i didn't achieve the objective and doesn't matter how cool it is doesn't matter what it looks like if it didn't achieve the objective so that's a very tangible thing to point look back and point and go okay i missed the mark here i can go and tweak that yeah um but a lot of times you deal with you know it's even though it's advertising or design it's it's still for a product um, which should be a little bit more uh, intellectual and matter of fact, it's still art. It's yeah. still it's still a visual representation of something. And so by default, there's going to be subjective opinions. And so there's been plenty of times where I have ch- you know, checked every single box on the brief and, still- and made sure that it did exactly what it needed to do, but they still didn't like it. And then that's a subjective. Then you got to get down into a much harder scenario to figure out, all right, what is it that they don't like? Why don't they like it? What do they like? And how can I deliver against that while still achieving what I've already accomplished? Uh, and that that's the more frustrating of the two scenarios. It's, it's a hard one because loads of people have written to me and said to me, 
when you interview Andrew, can you please ask him that one question? <laughs> so, so the reason why I asked you is because I have so many of our listeners who listen to the podcast and they turn around to me and say, well, a client has not liked my work and I don't know what to do. And because I'm new starting out in the business, I really want to know what I should do. So for you to answer it, I'm grateful for you to answer it, but for them to have a better understanding, I know that a lot of designers take things to heart. Mm -hmm. So as a creative person yourself, do you find that you take things to heart? when it comes to somebody not liking your work or do you just see it as it's a business I can make a change um I view it that way now um, okay that was definitely uh a learned viewpoint and a maturity yeah. in our industry that yeah. took years to get to yeah um because you know it it is you know, a creative process so therefore there's a piece of you in everything that you do so it is True. you know naturally you're connected to it and you're invested in it and it's easy to take it personal and it's easy to to you know get upset or take offense to the feedback um but when you can kind of you know that separation of art versus design yeah you're not doing it for yourself and so if you can remove the personal aspect from it and realize like, no, I'm being paid to do this for my client. Yeah. If I haven't achieved that, then I haven't done my job, you know, and that's, it's a hard thing to, to separate because it is a, you know, everything we create is very personal. We're going to put, you know, time and effort and, you know, especially when we create something that we're just, you know, we think we have, you know, hit it out of the park and it's, and it's the perfect fucking solution and we're all super excited about it. And then the client shits all over it. You know, yeah. it's a hard thing to swallow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When I think when, you know, when you, when you put all that effort in and, and you've, and you've achieved, you know, in your mind, you've, you've created the best solution possible. And then, the, and then the client, you know, has revisions or hates it or whatever, you know, it's, that's a very uh, hard thing to you know to handle and to swallow and to, to move forward um so i think it's you know as you as you're growing up in the industry as you're getting you know more and more experience it's that just that constant like inner dialogue that you've got to remind yourself like this isn't personal yeah this is it's not that they don't like me <laughs> they just don't like my work yeah you know and, I, and i've had that conversation with so many young designers even with me you know internally giving them feedback you know and i'll i'll rip the work up and tell them how horrible the work is and how it didn't you know what? you you missed you missed the you know you missed this on the brief and you didn't pay attention to this and like you you haven't done your job you know and then they get all down in the dirt and then i have to take them out for a beer and remind them like i'm not mad at you it's i love you work. as a person i value work. you your work was just shit today. So, you know, do better next time. Fair enough. Which is which is nice in a way because you you don't take it out of them personally, whereas some people feel like they're being violated. Right. Some I've had it before where I, I've taken pictures for someone and I felt totally violated by it. But this is in my youngest days before I taught myself that it is nothing personal. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, and, and different people give feedback in different ways. True. And I've, and I've just learned to make sure that 
when I'm when I'm giving feedback and, and critiquing the work that I'm critiquing the work. Yes. And that I, you know, intentionally don't say things that could be construed as personal attacks. Yeah. Even if I'm yelling and screaming and ripping things up and throwing them across the room <laughs> and I'm pissed off at the moment because we're about to miss the deadline and we're gonna have to work all night in order to, to do it. I'm still not mad at the person. It's just a project. Yeah. I didn't fire you. If you if I didn't if you were shit, I would fire you. True. That is true. But you're still here. You're still part of the team. You work with shit. No, that's fair enough. Most definitely. I got two more questions for you, Andrew. Um, my second to last one is, what advice would you give your fans and your followers about being consistent, being positive, and striving to always do better for yourself? What advice would you give them? I mean, I think in our, in our industry, um, you know, kind of going back to a question you said earlier, it's, it's, it's all about your unique point of view. Um, and so as much as we go out and we see other people's work and we get inspired and it's, it's easy and natural for us to feel some jealousy or what have you, um, trying to be like other artists, trying to copy someone else's style, trying to change who you are into somebody different because you think that's what's going to make you successful. Um, that's a, I mean, while yes, you might find some success in that long term, that is the worst thing you could do for yourself as a creative, like find your, find your voice. And that might take a while to find, but find your voice and create your your output whether that be through um you know video work illustration music art like it's all creative output yeah and the best creative the best art out there comes from a very personal perspective and so you're going to find more success you're going to be way more valued you're going to have more opportunity in our industry if you have carved out your own unique piece of the of the pie that is that is uniquely your own i like that one that makes sense to me finally andrew where can we find you on all your social media so if anyone wants to get in contact with you where would they be able to find you uh so my website is my last name gepelt g-e-p-p-e-l-t dot com and uh my or my instagram is andrew gapelt perfect oh that was nice and easy you said that sharp yeah. <laughs> you said that sharp i was gonna i was expecting a twitter and <laughs> no i'm old it took me forever to even do instagram <laughs> you're not social that old, medias andrew. come on you're, <laughs> you're not that old come on andrew i want to thank you so much for coming on the yes people podcast and thank you for your wisdom and your knowledge i know that so many people are going to benefit from it so I'm thank humbled. you so much this was an absolute blast <laughs> perfect thank you so much and guys thank you so much for listening to the Us people podcast please remember you can subscribe to spotify itunes google play and any other platform that you prefer listening to please also follow us on facebook instagram and twitter and you can also donate to the Us people podcast by simply going to the savvy rocks website which is www.savvy.rocks or simply type in paypal.me 
forward slash us people podcast thank you for listening stay happy stay positive and as always please continue to be kind to one another absolutely fun that's great good for you good for you to like crank up the the you know the people to interview because you just, i mean you just started not that long ago